It's DTS 160, and unfortunately, we have to talk a lot about pre-order stuff. But hey, there's fidget spinners, so... Yeah? You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny news podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon, joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, Diddy. I almost said my fantastic Diddy, which would have been a little bit weird, but, you know, we're pretty good friends, <laughs> Diddy. What'd you do this week, man? Uh, you know, learning new stuff in my new job still, um, and I went to a friend's wedding last night, so I apologize in advance for some delayed reactions here, but uh, had a really good week overall. Yeah, not Dude, too bad. You got to be on your game. We're talking all about pre-order <laughs> stuff this week. It's it's the week that you need to be most on the game. All right, most on the ball. Anyway, yeah, this week we it. are uh, diving deep into. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. What are we diving deep into then, Diddy? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so we have lots of pre-order stuff to talk about. We got PC specs as well. Yes. And then uh, a, a bungee AMA that uh, IGN released it gave us a lot of nice details. Or not so nice details about Destiny Two. So looking forward yeah. to that. That was really good, man. We, I want to do like an in-person show one day. People don't understand how difficult it is <laughs> over like Discord to like not bump into one another. We've got a really good rhythm, but I feel like in person, it would be like super cool if we ever get the chance to do a live DTS and we're ever like in the same city. We need to make just an excuse to go to like BlizzCon or something. <laughs> I wonder if you'll have some Destiny featured at BlizzCon this year. Probably not, but I don't know. Probably not, but considering it's in the Blizzard launcher and Activision, maybe? I think that would yeah. be actually pretty sweet to see some type of Destiny uh, community or paraphernalia there available for uh, Blizzard fans. I am, like, seriously considering going to BlizzCon next year. Not this year, because it, like, sells out instantly in April, and it's kind of expensive to go. But I've wanted to go to BlizzCon for a lot of years, and I think we're getting close enough to them announcing something juicy, like a Diablo 4 or something new on the horizon. I don't know. So anyway, side story, let's dive into the news. News! All right, Diddy, talk to me about what we learned we're going to be getting if we have pre-ordered already. and Or if you pre-order now between release, you can see the weapon, the ghost, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so exotic primary weapon, uh, Cold Heart, which is a, oh my gosh, what is it called? Trace, what is that trace rifle. Trace rifle. So uh, think of like the Sentinel Beam, but better from Halo, mm -hmm. or whatever that uh, in Reach, that fusion sniper rifle that just went and then overheated, but this one doesn't overheat apparently, that's part of the lore. Um, it's really cool, actually. It's a primary weapon, like I said, and you can get uh, Kill Tracker Ghost as well. So your ghost, when you pull it up, it actually tracks your kills. It can show you how many PvP or PvE kills you have in that specific area or that particular instance. I think that's really cool. And then again, a Salute Emote, where your uh, Guardian just stands at attention with their hand to their head, as a Salute is, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, woo, okay, let's <laughs> let's break this down here. The exotic cold heart trace rifle, really stinking cool. By the way, the salute 
emote is only for the digital versions. I don't know why that is. Um, the Kill Tracker Ghost, really cool. It separates between PvP and PvE. What's not really cool, in my opinion, is the fact that these are pre-order things. Now, you can earn both the Ghost and Cold Heart ex uh, Exotic Trace Rifle from December 5th onward. And this is regardless of platform, by the way. If you ordered on Xbox One, PC, PS4, doesn't matter. Like, these are all going to be available on those three platforms, but only to everybody December 5th onward. So these are sort of timed, exclusive pre-order bonuses and... Man, I don't like this pre-order stuff. <laughs> but let's set that aside until we get through this, until we get like through the rest of this little segment here. It's the first time we're seeing a new archetype, really, that goes way beyond the mold. And you liked it from the video that IGN put out, right? Yeah, when I first heard about this beam rifle, I'm like, oh, so it's going to suck like all the other beam rifles that Bungie has produced? No, this one actually looks kind of really cool and really grabbed my attention. I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, that looks awesome. I really want to pick that weapon up and just use it all the time. So goodbye hand cannons. I am a trace rifle main now. Of course, there's only going to be the one in the game at this time. They said it has potential to become a new archetype, but this is the only one that they're uh, creating and uh, providing to the Destiny community in-game. So, uh, But I, I really like it. I do agree with you that... These types of pre-order bonuses are not super great for for fans or players because it's like, man, I really want that, but the fact that it's exclusive for you know a certain amount of time, of course, this time, but the fact that not everybody has access to it right away is really questionable because you know what if the cold heart is like vanilla Gallarhorn OP and super yeah. good. And then it gets nerfed before everybody else has a chance to experience it in its glory. That's super disappointing. So I can understand, you know, I'm with you guys. Pre-order bonuses in this respect are not my favorite. Yeah, I don't like them. I thought Dotto brought up something really important here with this. So the exotic cold heart being timed does nothing but firm up Bungie's year two philosophy on exotics that instead of exotics being the rarest most powerful weapons in the game they're rather just sort of unique they have a little bit of special flair that the other weapons don't have because this hand ties Bungie there's no way they're going to make the cold heart decent or like really that powerful in the pve or pvp sphere because it's a timed exclusive if you made it really great in pvp people would be angry, and rightly so, that only people who pre-ordered got access to it for the first three months of the game. Same thing for PvE. If it's really incredible, then it, it see, you see what I'm saying, Diddy? Like, the developers basically have hogtied themselves to where there's no way they can make this thing powerful by making it this. And it looks like exotics, if it's going to follow this cold heart style thing, are most likely going to be more like year two and year three, which is kind of disappointing to me. I really miss those giant carrots at the end of the stick like the Gallarhorns and the Icebreakers of year one, you know? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, having it, like you said, the time exclusive just limits it in its power and its specialty, really. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not it's not going to be, like you said, that golden carrot at the end of the stick that everyone is trying to get because it's so great. It's going to be, oh, yeah, I spent some money beforehand and I got it. So, nice. Yeah. But the pre-order stuff doesn't stop there, Diddy. In true, well, this I just thought this was a joke, but it's real. July 29th and 30th, if you pre-order from GameStop, you can get a Destiny 2 fidget spinner. 
only while supplies last. And of course, by the time you're listening to this, the GameStop thing is pretty much over. The supplies went away really fast because what people do when this kind of stuff happens is they go to GameStop, they pre-order 15 copies, and then they sell these fidget spinners on eBay. They cancel their pre-orders later on. And these were going on eBay for like $100, Diddy, and I just have to go, really? I mean, Stupid. <laughs> it's just, it's you put it best, this must have cost them nothing as a company to produce. Yet the ROI from this is is going to be ridiculously successful because we just, it, what did you call them? The, the beanie babies of our era. Yeah, except without the longevity, right? Fidget spinners are going to yeah. fade out super fast, right? Because it's just a fad at the moment. But it's lasted way longer than I ever Whoa, expected. Fidget spinner way of life, bro. I, I don't have oh my one, goodness. actually. I kind of want one just to <laughs> experience it. But they're everywhere, dude. But the fact that if the GameStop, or if the GameStop employees are smart, which... I've worked at GameStop, so I'm not gonna, you know, give them too much credit here. Sorry, but <laughs> it would li- they would limit one fidget spinner per customer, but that's probably not gonna happen. So, like you said, they just go pre-order 15 copies for five dollars each, and then immediately turn that fidget spinner around for eighty dollars on eBay. That's an immediate seventy-five dollar profit. That's yeah. insane. Like that's ridiculous yeah. to me. I that not worth it. Not worth it at all. Last little bit of pre-order stuff. We've got the full list of the PlayStation exclusives that will be remaining PlayStation exclusive until at least fall 2018. The Lake of Shadows exclusive strike. The City of Apex exclusive ship. The Weapon Borealis, an exclusive exotic weapon. And then Retribution, an exclusive PvP map. And if you couldn't hear from the uh, just pure excitement in my voice, (laughs) it looks like they're doing exclusives identically identically wow take over diddy take over i i mean yeah so it looks like they're returning to form true bungie form in you know a destiny one exclusivity content strike pvp map and weapon at least and they're including a ship as well so that you know we've seen it before we expected something to change they're not changing something so I expected nothing, and I'm still disappointed. You know, that Malcolm in the Middle meme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, let's be honest. You know, with Destiny One, some of that PlayStation exclusive content is probably some of the best content in the game. Like Exodus, not Exodus Blue. Sorry. Echo Chamber. Uh, Echo, Echo Chamber. Cool thank story. you. Yeah. <laughs> totally different sphere. Uh, but Echo Chamber is a super fun strike, right? Like, yeah. compare that to like vanilla Nexus Strike that you know both mm-hmm. consoles had access to. That was super boring, but Echo Chamber is like, yeah, oh yeah, there's some mechanics here. Oh yeah, this yep. is fun, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, you have to have a PlayStation to, to play it. Really unfortunate, uh, and you know, it, <laughs> also with the weapons, right? If we think about the PlayStation exclusive weapons we've had so far, uh, Jade Rabbit is uh, pretty decent. I hear I've never used it because I play on Xbox with Destiny One. Zen Meteor is really Zen cool. Meteor is really cool. It's not overpowered, but it's very niche. You know, it's got that really yeah. unique ability because you know, of course, it's an exotic. And flaming but, uh, they're up, not, dude, it looks so cool. They're not super OP, so that's great. But very similar to this uh, Cold Heart exotic trace rifle that they're producing for Destiny Two, kind of limits them in their scope because it's like. Yeah, it can't be super. I guess I'm I'm being you know forgetting the op- most OP hand cannon in vanilla Destiny, the Hawk Moon, which was <laughs> PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, the ability to one shot somebody with <laughs> all Perfect three bullets procs. stacked. Yeah, um, but you know they eventually fixed that, of course. But yeah, you know they can kind of limit themselves here, right, in terms of how great those weapons are. So 
uh, you know, my dream, exclusive my content, dream is, not super great. My dream for this dude is throw PlayStation players an absolute truckload of cool visual aesthetic things that are not gameplay related. Give them a mountain of shaders and emblems, or, you know, even sparrows or ships. I don't care about those. But when you restrict pretty awesome gameplay things like maps and strikes, which are at the backbone of what Destiny is, just not stoked on it, man. Just not stoked on it. And this whole pre-order culture that's not just Destiny, it's industry-wide. I find it funny how we sort of flipped. When I was a kid growing up, you would go to Blockbuster or grocery stores usually had rental departments, and you would rent games before you ever bought. Like, buying a game, like, when I was a kid, dude, that was, like, a four to six month. Like, you were going to be playing that thing for a long time. So I tried everything before buying. I, like, never bought before renting it or trying it out. And that was pretty common. Like, that was, like, what my friends would do. It was so much more try before you buy. And nowadays, everything is throw money at us long before the release, long before you've had a chance to try the product at all, just so you can get access to crap. I mean, honestly, the, the fidget spinner, the kill tracker ghost, the salute <laughs> stuff, it's just, to me, it seems so, what's petty? I don't know. It's not petty, but I just don't like it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just firing my emotions here. So Yeah, man, the Blockbuster experience, I totally feel you brought back so many memories, right? You know, I, mm-hmm. I had a neighborhood friend who had an Xbox and Halo CE, and when I played yeah. it for the first time, I absolutely loved it. But I didn't have an Xbox myself because my parents were like, oh, there's too many mature-rated games on the Xbox, so let's get you a PlayStation 2. Uh, and I tried to find the Halo of the PlayStation 2 for so, so long. I tried every first-person yeah. shooter that wasn't rated M, unfortunately, so mm-hmm. I couldn't play Black, which I hear is super great. Um, but, like, I, I found this one game. It was called um, Project Snowblind, mm. uh, which I just looked it up. Apparently, it's actually got a pretty high score on Metacritic, I think a 78, so I think that was... Hey, that's that's not too bad. Pretty good but for Project Snowblind was, like, my Halo on the PlayStation, and... I rented it first, like you said. And if yeah. you think about rent culture or renting culture way back in like the 90s and early 2000s, right? Yep. You actually had, you actually got to rent the full game. Mm-hmm. And so for mm-hmm. game developers to uh, earn your business, so to speak, they had to, you know, present that full polished game and it had the really good gameplay experience. Now, yeah, you have the YouTube content creators, the Twitch streamers, and all that other stuff. But since you don't, have the ability to rent really anymore that's not very popular these days or not really accessible you just buy the whole game they already have your money and it doesn't matter what the the content is because you've already paid for the full price of the game that's that's how times have changed right and you know like you said throw money at the screen you're good you got you got the content we made we got your money that that was a fair transaction in our eyes that's super unfortunate but Man, being able to try out the games before they they, you know, we bought them was was awesome. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. and they earned Good it times. too, like you said. So I I used to subscribe to Official PlayStation Magazine for a lot of years, and they sent a demo desk with every single magazine. So like, I tried a ton of games growing up, but I tried the demos out. And those demos, the developers worked hard to try and sell you on the full title. They they let you explore and criticize and and they were that proud of it to where here you go give it a try we think you're gonna like it enough that you're gonna actually want to buy it I actually looked up did GameFly still exists this was like a subscription it's kind of like <laughs> Netflix for games 
and it's nice. $10 a month for the first three months and then $16 a month after where you can have one game or movie out at a time. That's actually, um, if you play a lot of games, that's not too bad. All right, we're and finally moving do, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, sorry, before we move on, I guess yeah, yeah, Rent's yeah. Thing, thing is still there with Redbox, right? You know, you can yeah. go to the, the Walgreens or CVS and you have the Redbox there. You can rent the game for however much it is. I've never done it before, but that still exists, right? You can still do mm-hmm. that and they have modern yeah. games. So I encourage yeah. that. But like these days, like the, the renting is the, the betas or the demos that come out, yeah. you know, the early access yeah. games, right? Yeah. And if I had the Destiny 2 beta, rentable from blockbuster and i played just that amount i'd be like yeah okay destiny 2 i want to learn more about this bad guy so i think actually you know what we've seen in destiny 2 so far is enticing me to you know learn more about the game and actually actually want to play it so you know that being said betas are the new demos they've done a pretty good true you know they say beta it's not for quality assurance testing it's for uh network and server stability testing so it's yeah yeah there you go boom all right, moving on from the pre-order discussion. Now we get to flip the frowny faces to happy faces, Diddy, because we heard about the new survival PvP mode and the new map, Altar of Flame. So Altar of Flame is a brand new map that IGN showed off this week. Vex map, it's on Mercury. Looks a lot like the lighthouse from Trials of Osiris Year One. Directly links back to the Osiris character. That's all Lars Balken would talk about, the uh, PvP lead at Bungie. Survival is the spiritual successor to Skirmish. It's in the competitive game type cat- category. It is the second uh, competitive game type. At launch, there's only going to be two. You're going to have Countdown and Survival. In Survival, your team has eight lives. It's a shared pool. Those lives deplete upon you dying and automatically respawning. The final team standing wins. There is one power ammo spawn in the middle. It's a lot like how Gears of War team deathmatch works. You get one point for winning or depleting the other team's lives, and the first to three points wins. There is side swapping, just like Countdown Diddy, something you and I both forgot to talk about during um, our post-beta discussion. Countdown actually side swaps, which is something we've asked for for a long time. And they're doing that now with survival, so I believe we're going to see side swaps in the trials type game mode in Destiny 2. So that looks cool. <laughs> I what do you think about it. this? I absolutely love it. So survival, I love. Even though I'm terrible at it, I love Gears of War Team Deathmatch. Like yeah. Gears One, Gears Two, Gears Three, on the Xbox 360. Oh my goodness, it was so great! But I was absolutely awful at it because everyone was just wall bouncing, and I was just like how do I sprint? Oh, I just rolled again. Um, and it was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is so fun. And I love the structure of it. So I'm really glad that they're bringing this shared pool of lives into PvP because I'm, I play Skirmish all the time, you know, in Destiny 1, and I loved it. This being the spiritual successor, I think I'm going to be playing this all the time, you know, in mm-hmm. Destiny 2. I love the shared pool. It's so much fun. This combines sort of those cool elements of no respawn game types at the very end where you're watching your teammate, everybody's yelling and cheering him on when he pulls off the clutch or when he fails. It's like, bro, why did you choke? But you also still get that respawn element. Seems cool. Seems really cool. Now, I wanted to talk about, too, we mentioned the emphasis on team shot. There was a lot of feedback I had on Twitter from people playing the beta saying, wow, it just didn't feel like in control in the Destiny 2 beta. I really could take on two players. It felt like 2v1, I would lose every single time. Just felt very different from Destiny 1. Well, Lars Bakken said that the emphasis on team shot is very intentional. While discussing with IGN sort of the importance of your movement and working together with the team, he had this to say, and I quote, You and your teammate together on a single target, you can take them down so much quicker than you could in Destiny 1, end quote, Lars Bakken. So, the team shot's intentional. You can see that they've they've really placed a lot of emphasis on teamwork, and that's something that they specifically wanted in the game. 
Whether that's good or bad, we're going to have to wait and see. I have sort of this lurking fear that they may be taking the competitive emphasis a little bit far. It really feels like through the comments that were made, lone wolf kind of players are being pushed to team regardless of the game type, especially with no rumble being in there at launch. It's like, uh, what about the people who enjoy the more casual, big team kind of game types? Are they going to be left behind or I don't know, sort of speculation there, but your thoughts, Diddy. Yeah. I mean, I agree there. Uh, it's, it definitely does seem they're going to the opposite side of the spectrum instead of finding a middle ground, you know, destiny one they originally launched. I mean, Destiny 1 beta, it had first light with two interceptors and pikes and all that stuff. It had that really big team battle feel, and I really loved it. But yeah, now it seems like they've they've s slowly or quickly reduced that with a more emphasis on the competitive game types, like you said, and w kind of forcing the 4v4 competitive aspect on us in Destiny 2. Definitely feels like they're just swinging way too far the opposite direction uh, mm -hmm. instead of you know providing those experiences big team and competitive for both at the same time they're just okay yeah. you guys want a more competitive let's just do competitive then that's mm -hmm. not great in my eyes but uh then again of course with all the new pve content I'm probably not going to be in the pve pvp sphere as much this time around so yeah. not my uh not my uh domain anymore but uh definitely when i drop into pvp of course i i, I do a lot of lone wolf style games and not having the rumble or the free-for-all there is disappointing in my eyes. That could surprise us shortly after launch it gets added or something like that. So Yeah, and, and, and let's be honest. Let's, let's think about it this way. Let's, you know, dial it back here a second. And, you know, Destiny 2 beta come and gone for console players and coming up on PC here in a minute we'll talk about it in just a moment. But no one's an expert in this game yet, right? You do have the top tier PVP or Twitch streamers talking about different changes they don't like or want to see. But then again, you know, it's, it is a different game, so to speak. So there are going to be some adaptations to make. So I think once we get a month or two into Destiny 2, that's when we'll really have a full understanding of what this game is and how to either adapt or change it. Well said, good sir. Why don't we transition then? I want to skip the guided game ticket thing for probably a later show. Um, in the Destiny 2 beta, everybody, there was a consumable, or it looked like a consumable item called a guided game ticket that showed up to some players after they finished the inverted Spire Strike. It looked like if you're transferring an item over from Destiny Item Manager. It didn't ever show in your inventory, and I have some serious concerns just about my speculations of what guided game tickets could be, but I think we've sort of lingered on some concern points enough for today. I'd rather just talk about the PC beta and the specs to wrap up uh, the show as well as Bungie's AMA. So when are we getting the PC beta, Diddy? Early access. So for those of you who have pre-ordered, August 28th. So when they said late August, they meant it. Open beta, August 29th, so the following day. And then the beta ends on August 31st. That's uh, just a few days, very short uh, beta yep. experience mm -hmm. for the PC gamers there. But... You know, they did extend the console beta a couple days, so they might do the same to kind of do some more tweaks there. Yeah, so pretty short. If you guys are wondering how you can get access to the Destiny 2 pre-order beta, you can go through the Battle.net launcher, or now it's called the Blizzard launcher. But within Blizzard launcher, if you click shop and you search Destiny, you'll see a tab for Destiny 2, and you can pre-order the different editions right there through the launcher. That launcher is what will be uh, hosting your Destiny 2 experience on PC as well as the 
um, courier for the updates. It will not be using Blizzard servers, however, for gameplay-related things. With all that said, I think you can still also pre-order the physical copies, and they will email you a code depending on the retailer that you go through. Be careful and follow the directions very cautiously when linking your Guardian to your Blizzard account. There were some real horror stories on the forums <laughs> of people having accounts being orphaned because they weren't signed in properly on Bungie's side of things when they did it. Um, essentially, I've just heard that it's not really foolproof. They have some holes in the process in which if you don't follow the instructions perfectly, there could be some complications. So I just I want to extend that warning to you all. I'm going to be waiting until the very last minute to link my account because I want to give Bungie the most amount of time to make sure that they get it all uh, all dandy beforehand. Minimum requirements, recommended requirements. Really cool to finally see this stuff coming out. And they're being very specific here, which I like quite a bit. Diddy, the only thing that stood out to me is that, as they've uh, mentioned before, Destiny 2 is heavy on the CPU side of things. But they're also really extending support to a wide range of system builds. So I think a lot of people are going to be able to play this game regardless of the quality of their PC. Now, granted, there is a barrier. On the minimum end of things, a Core i3-3250 and an AMD FX-4350, which are pretty it's pretty dated. If you've got an i3 back from the <laughs> 3000 series, it might be time to just spend a few hundred bucks and bump up. Now, the recommended uh, specs, Diddy, are for an i5-2400 and an AMD Ryzen R5 um, if you're looking for the, the CPU side of things. And then for GPUs, this is really crazy, Diddy. Recommended specs for the GPU is a 970 on the uh, NVIDIA yes. side of things and a 390. <laughs> On the AMD, which those are, those are nice cards from a few years ago. That, so. <laughs> that uh, I actually have a 970, so I'm actually super glad uh, that I meet the uh, the minimum requirements or recommended, I should say. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, and I and kind of you know you're kind of twisting the knife in my stomach there. I actually do have I have an i7 from the 3000 series CPU, so I am yeah I'm like barely hitting the recommended specs there, so. Maybe not ultra settings for me this time around, but uh, it's going to look nice. These specs were actually, like you said, the CPU requirements were actually surprised a lot of people in the community. Like, oh, that's actually really, that's actually higher than I thought. And I'm like, well, yeah, they said it was CPU intensive and they have 60 FPS now with all those physics and everything, all those enemies and AI. So this is actually good to see. This is actually really encouraging because Destiny 2 is going to look pretty good on the PC. So uh, it, it what really surprised me here. Um, like you said, you mentioned the minimum specs with the CPU, that the GPUs as well, GTX 660 with two gigs of video RAM and an AMD Radeon HD 7850 with two gigs of video RAM, as well as six gigs of RAM memory. That actually mm -hmm. surprised me a lot. Six gigs, I think, is actually, for gaming, for modern gaming, I guess is okay, but actually, I thought, I thought that was actually really high uh, for, for what the minimum specs were. Of course, recommended is eight gigabytes of RAM, but I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, Destiny 2 is going to look pretty good, so uh, I'm really excited. I also have the ultra-wide monitor as well, so I'll be able to do 21 by 9 support on my Destiny 2 experience, so maybe that'll drop down my settings to medium this time around, yeah. but that's okay because it's going to look pretty good. Maybe you and I can do a video on my channel later this week uh, talking about these recommended specs and giving people some advice on building uh, a PC or purchasing a PC for Destiny 2 if they're interested. Sort of my story with PCs. Diddy, Epos, and Blizzard Ball, some friends of mine, got me addicted to PC building this last year. <laughs> I built my first PC in December. 
I've since built a second rig that I'll talk about the purposes for that probably later down the road. And that was about five weeks ago. And just yesterday, Diddy, I actually transplanted that build into a different case. And I've become nice. completely addicted to building. Um, it's really fun. It's not as intimidating as most people think it is. And it can just be a really great hobby. So I'd love to talk with people about um, my sort of go-to recommended. Looking at these specs, I can pretty much eyeball. If you were not a content creator, I'd probably purchase like an i5-1060 or an i5-1070 looking for Destiny 2. The 1070 would be if you're looking to create some content, I think. Now, if you want to get the full-blown, like, ridiculous, no-wallet restrictions, i7-7700K and get yourself a 1080Ti. That will give you some beautiful 4K Destiny 2. Um, yeah, that would just be a super and Gucci that's... build right there. Yeah, and that's what Bungie used at all their events. They used the i7-7700K yeah. with the uh, 1080 Ti with 11 gigs of RAM. I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there are multiple videos out there already for PC build guides for Destiny 2. Now with these specs actually detailed out, you can actually see there, where those builds will need to be tweaked, and it's it's not too bad. Dude, there's a lot of wrong guides. I'm not trying to be... There are, that's true. <laughs> There is like the whole culture of PC ascension, but once you've built like a handful of it, you start looking at some of these people's PC part liquor, part picker lists and you're like, dude, what are you doing? You've wasted so much. You don't need a 1250 watt PSU. Are you insane? Like, yeah. so just be careful. I think that's why you and I should buddy up, maybe get Epos involved and talk about some builds for, for people because I have seen at least two really wrong guides from prominent people in the community about just bloated kind of wasteful builds you know yeah definitely and i actually really like what bungie did here they also mentioned below those specs they said if you're upgrading your pc here's what's available today that actually yeah. runs the game well and i'll just run through this real quick minimum cpu intel pentium g4560 <laughs> which is crazy because Pentium processors were not super great, but now these days they're like, oh yeah, that can actually run the game pretty well. Um, the GPU for minimum is uh, NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1050 with two gigs of video RAM. Uh, and then the recommended specs is again, uh, Intel Core i5, like you said, BBK 7400, and a GPU NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1066 gigabytes. If you're building and you know kind of what some of these specs mean, just word to the wise uh, be cautious when purchasing video cards these days because Ugh. of cryptocurrency mining the prices are slightly inflated um yep. if you subscribe slightly, to like a news insane. Uh, if you subscribe to like a new egg uh, article or a newsletter they or micro center or whatever they send you daily or weekly ads that have you know dropped prices so keep an eye out on those because you know sometimes gpus can go on sale you might want to consider refurbished as well or used video cards not that i'm recommending that but it's an option for you who are on a budget or just want to avoid those inflated prices these days dude when i was looking at the second build uh, about five weeks ago 1070s were more expensive than 1080s because the 1070 is like the go-to card right now for bitcoin and ethereum miners but yeah just be careful you should if you, don't buy a 1070 for 800 dollars. at that point just buy a 1080 <laughs> ti a strix 1080 ti all right let's talk it's about like the, the uh, oh sorry sorry it, it's no, just like it's kind of like the kanye white t-shirt for 300 dollars. <laughs> it's a white t-shirt guys it's no i can go to kohl's and get a pack of 20 white t-shirts for five dollars worth mm -hmm. it done it looks exactly the same but you're not kanye, kanye diddy you're not kanye. <sighs> damn i'm not gonna the difference sorry 
<laughs> All right, so Bungie did an AMA, a very short one, over on IGN for their month-long coverage that's concluding for Destiny 2. Wow, it's August. Oh, my gosh, Diddy. <laughs> We're going to run through these really quick here. Destiny 2 will not feature HDR support at launch. They said maybe, um, no promises. Mark Noseworthy wants to see it happen. Luke Smith did confirm that Super Regen will be increased across the game. He didn't say how much, but he did Yay. say that we heard your beta feedback. Whoop, whoop. And then Diddy, sad news. What is it? No theater mode. And then the other set of sad news, our character remains mute in Destiny 2. We're not going to be talking a whole lot, it sounds like. So, (laughs) There are no multi-passenger vehicles in Destiny 2, so rip the dream for warthogs. Uh, The quote that I think Noseworthy gave about Destiny 2 is, Destiny 2 does not feature a theater mode. I don't know for certain if the sword glitch still functions. We've changed a lot of the code and content under the hood for how things work, including swords, of which there are now many types of swords. I'm sad about theater, dude. I'm really sad about theater. <laughs> I really want some Destiny Machinima, man. Uh, with the no HUD introduction, I thought I would see way more, and I'm not, unfortunately. So, man, theater mode would be super, super great. I'm not giving up hope because there is a PC build, which means the community is going to rip it to shreds. So have hope, Diddy. Have hope. And just don't get your Blizzard account banned forever. (laughs) Where can people find your content, man? Twitter.com slash Diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. And when that PC beta drops later in August, I'll be streaming it, of course, over at Twitch.tv slash Destiny the Show. We want to thank you guys so much for listening to us this week. We love you all. This has been a sweet, sweet little beta experience. And the launch is going to get here before you know it. You blink, and it's going to be September, Diddy. All the links for today and more. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All links for today and more on DestinyTheShow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at DestinyTheShow. You can follow me at BBKDragoon on YouTube and Twitter. Have a fantastic week, Guardians, and we'll talk with you next time. (laughs) 